Welcome in. You are listening to the Blue Notes Podcast, a presentation of Indianapolis cult stories and notes. I'm your host, Benjamin Taylor. This is our Ashton Doolin episode, episode number 16. Recently, I was listening to the Dad Pod, which is a podcast about dad life hosted by a friend of mine. It's a good podcast. You should check it out sometime. But anyway, one of the hosts, Bobby, said that episode number 36 was the Merton Hanks episode, connecting the episode number with Hanks' jersey number. And I thought, why haven't I been doing this? A missed opportunity. I've already missed Paris Campbell's original number and his new number, T.Y. Hilton, Andrew Luck. I've truly failed here. But from now on, I'm going to effectively steal Bobby's idea. All I can say is at least we have Ashton Doolin. So this is the Doolin episode. Or it's the Derrick Rogers episode. Remember him? He had a cup of coffee with the Colts in 2013. He actually had a two-touchdown game during Luck's second season before being cut for some off-the-field activity. Nevertheless, in this week's episode, the Ashton Doolin episode, I have a little story for you. A story about how the podcast began. Stay with me, Colts fans. On a Wednesday night in February, an ice storm devastated West Virginia, specifically Huntington. Thousands of families lost electricity, including mine. Temperatures dropped throughout the day Thursday, so we all huddled in one room, my wife, our three boys, and me. As temperatures fell, I scoured the neighborhood to find wood to feed the fireplace and keep our family from freezing. It was life on the prairie, my wife and I creating ways to warm our baby's food and keep the older boys entertained. I dug out the camping stove and found some questionable water jugged in our garage that could be used for washing dishes and drinking if things got desperate. That night, we all slept in one room to the smoky warmth from the damp fire. I put socks on my kids' hands and mostly kept my fears hidden. You never want the kids to know you don't have the answers. The older two boys weren't at all worried. In fact, they were pleased with their new sleeping arrangements in view of the fire. It was our youngest that caused my insides to turn over. He was only 10 months old at the time and I worried about his cold cheeks and tiny icicle fingers. We fed the fire throughout the day, burning whatever wet wood we could find at the neighbors' houses along with some scraps left in the garage from the former homeowners. We all drifted asleep and by morning the fire had gone black and cold again. The temperature had dropped dramatically. We had no more wood and were ill-equipped to survive the moment, so we quickly packed our bags, zooming through each room with our flashlights smothered in our hats and blankets. We shoved ourselves in the van and braved the icy roads to Summersville, West Virginia. My wife's parents lived there and they still had electricity. Plus, they had loads of firewood and a generator. We knew if we could endure the two-hour drive that we would be okay there. I packed a bag for three days, thinking we would be back home before the weekend was over. But the storm lasted 11 days. For many in the area, it lasted much longer. I've mentioned previously on the podcast that I am a college English professor. Although our classes had been meeting virtually throughout the fall and spring semesters because of COVID, our virtual meetings were canceled during the storm since our students had no way to connect to the internet. 
So for the first time in a very long time, I had some time on my hands. I began thinking and to be honest, stewing over the Matthew Stafford trade. A couple of weeks prior to the storm, Stafford was traded to the Rams. I was fuming. I thought the Colts had a perfect opportunity to add a player to the roster who was smart, humble, and uniquely talented. He felt like a Colt to me. Stafford was the missing piece, I imagined, to bring this roster to the level of competition that it had been striving to reach over the past few years but had been falling short. Stafford appeared to be coachable. His exceptional arm talent and better-than-average athleticism could perform any play that Coach Wright could design and he seemed to be in that sweet spot where he's not an inexperienced quarterback in need of development, and he also was not a seasoned veteran looking back on his best years. Stafford was in his prime, fitting for the Colts' playoff-ready roster. But he was gone now, traded to the Rams, and the Colts needed a new plan. I've written about change in several of the episodes for this podcast, I embrace and enjoy change even if it takes me a little while to warm up to it and even if I reject it at first. Once I accepted that Matthew Stafford wasn't going to land in Indy, I was ready to explore some new possibilities for the Colts in finding its new quarterback. As the countless new paths started to take shape in my head like a Rand McNally paper map, I finally sat down and started writing, putting words to these options, painting out the pictures blueprinting the Colts future. Immediately I wanted to share these ideas because I knew there were other Colts fans out there thinking these paths just like me, shooting down them expressively in hopes to catch a glimpse of the near future. Maybe we could all meet along those roads and point one another to the new directions, caravanning along from the old town Philip Rivers to the new city. I wasn't sure how to share these new thoughts though. I considered a blog, but I never really thought of myself as much of a blogger. And I don't know the first thing about it. I don't use Facebook much, and I wasn't really sure if there was a better way to present those plans. Simultaneously, I had been mauling the idea of starting a podcast. I had almost abandoned music listening altogether, sadly, and had for some time committed solely to listening to podcasts. In my listening, I often pondered about my own and how it could sound. I had jotted down a few different podcast ideas. One was an interview format, another was a fantasy football pod, and of course, a third option would be one about the Indianapolis Colts. There in Somersville, West Virginia, the two ideas converged. I knew what I would be doing wouldn't be like most podcasts, but I wasn't worried about that. I think to be good at anything, you have to be at least mildly self-aware. I realize that I'm not a great talker. I'm not a salesman. I'm a jittering and directionless nightmare when I speak off the cuff. But I work pretty well when I have a strict plan. And I'm a decent writer. So, that was my plan. I decided that I wouldn't try to be Howard Stern or David Letterman. Those guys can roll out of bed and fill an unplanned show with unstoppable wit. But I'm not made that way. What I can do is write a decent research paper, so why not research topics that I love about a team that I love? I've also recognized that people are generally reading less. That's just the truth. 
While book sales decline, audiobook revenue is consistently rising. Likewise, podcasting is a booming venture. You can find a podcast covering every imaginable or perhaps unimaginable topic. Maybe because we're all short on time or maybe we're just lazy, I'm not sure, but I do know the majority of people would rather listen than read. So, I could tuck my cult stories under a rock or hide them in a blog, or I could read them to you in a podcast format. It's an audiobook version of Colt's articles. Why not? Now I just needed some content. Well, lucky for me, this was perfect timing. The organization that rostered Johnny Unitas, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, then Philip Rivers, now did not have a quarterback. I had a foolproof plan for the podcast. My first five or six episodes would each explore different quarterback options. One option was to roll with 2020 draft pick Jacob Eason. Another episode would focus on drafting a quarterback. Episode three would build a case for Derek Carr. There might have been a Sam Darnold option in there somewhere, or even a Teddy Bridgewater episode. While the plan started to take shape, I contacted a good friend of mine to create some artwork for the podcast. He had a logo finished in no time. Everything was falling into place. I wrote the first article. It explained that maybe the best way forward was for the Colts to just focus this draft on O-line, D-line, and cornerbacks. Not drafting a quarterback would seem idiotic, but I imagined that the Colts could win in one of two ways. Starting Eason for the 2021 season would show if he could be the future for the Colts, and if Eason failed miserably, the team would then be rewarded with a high draft pick and could then draft its next quarterback in 2022. To me, it seemed like a win-win, even if one path was a morbid road to Eason's demise. Now, the tricky part. How would I record it? I had some music recording gear at home in Huntington, but remember, we were still escaping the ice storm in Somersville. I could wait, but rumors stirred that the Colts would make a move soon at the quarterback position. The possibility of trading for Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz surfaced, but the Eagles had recently hired Nick Sirianni to be their head coach, and it seemed like they wanted to work things out with Wentz. So I dismissed the rumor. I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, but I felt a clock ticking. The climax of the off-season approaching like the reveal in a murder mystery. Details weren't necessarily snowballing in one visible object. Instead, they were unexpected raindrops pecking the dry leaves, tapping rooftops, off-pitch chiming both in far distance but unnervingly close as well. A thousand translucent warning signs of the cutting end. Waiting was not an option. I had to move on with the Eason article. After everyone in the house went to bed, I quickly snuck downstairs with my computer. I popped in my AirPods, pressed record, and started reading the article, softly. Very, very softly. Painfully and embarrassingly softly. The first couple of readings were so barely audible that a listen back threw me right into a coma. In recording this podcast, I was wholly out of my element and trying consciously not to wake the baby or alert anyone to what I was doing, fearing my new idea would seem silly and pointless. 
I tried recording again the next day outside, but it was worse. It was a dreadful listen, but the clock ticked louder and faster. Those metaphorical raindrops pattered heavier now. As much as I dismissed the wind steel, no one on TV or Twitter let it go. Anchor, the platform I use to publish the podcast, produces articles and tips about how to get started with a new podcast. One bit of advice offered is to just start recording. The best way to get better, they say, is to practice and create. Plus, there was no time to get better. I had to move. The Eason episode was revised and edited with every tool in my shallow bag. The podcast logo was completed, and I had created a Twitter profile to make small attempts to get the word out that a new Colts podcast would be publishing episodes shortly. Everything was in place. Then, February 18th, Adam Schefter tweeted that the Colts would be trading for Carson Wentz. The deal was done. A rush of emotion slammed through me. Suddenly, the Colts had its new quarterback. I contacted friends about the trade and engaged in immediate thoughts about the move, whether the deal was worth it, thoughts of the 2017 version of Wentz versus what we had seen last year, comparisons to Andrew Luck, whether we were all going to buy Wentz jerseys now, etc. A flood of possibilities emerged. The Colts now had an invisible ceiling matched with a fairly shaky floor. Super Bowl talk swirled up but intertwined with the reality that if all goes sideways, this could be the move that walks Chris Ballard and Frank Reich down the road. The national media and basically everyone with an opinion had thoughts about the Colts. It was an exciting time to be a fan. And concurrently, the first five episodes planned for my new podcast were trashed. I still didn't have a name for this new podcast, but I had some ideas. I wanted to avoid putting Colts in the title since I worried there might be some kind of copyright issue with the NFL. I thought about what I wanted to accomplish with my new venture and whether the direction and purpose could reveal a name. I imagined that each episode would be short, somewhere in the 20-minute range, but they would be focused more research than a typical weekly sports show, but not so academic to miss my target audience or lull them to sleep. I was reminded of a scholarly journal I encountered while I was in grad school that was based in London. It was called Notes and Queries. Unlike most scholarly journals, this one published shorter articles, 3,000 words or fewer, and had a broader scope of topics. I'd always thought if I ever wanted to publish an article that notes and queries would be a good target for me in my style of writing. I decided that my podcast would be the notes and queries version of Colt's stories. So, I called it Blue Notes. After the windstill broke, I texted my friend Matt who created the logo and told him what had happened and that my plan for the first few episodes was flushed. He had a pointed response. He wrote, can't sleep on content. <laughs> Matt was right. Content never sleeps in the NFL. Although my quarterback focus was the original plan, I knew that there were a hundred stories ready to be written. I also believe there would be no shortage of interested listeners. Not because of how I'm writing, but what I'm writing about. The episodes only needed to hold up a reflecting glass catching the sunlight from one direction and turning it to another. 
casting all the brightness away from me and on to the thing we all love. It's funny to think about a team of young men dressing up in uniforms, playing 16, now 17 games a year, and yet creating such joy for all of us. I have to wonder if this great love is less about the game of football and instead more about a connection of interests, a bond formed among thousands of people who share one specific enjoyment. I once saw a TED Talk presentation on drug addiction. After witnessing family members struggle with addiction, the speaker, Johan Hari, traveled over 30,000 miles researching and studying, trying to find the answer to the problem so many of his loved ones faced. His conclusion stuck with me. Hari determined that addiction was more like bonding, and the solution to addiction was not punishment, isolation, or imprisonment. It was connection. Hari explained that we all need connections in our lives and that we seek to bond with others whether that happens consciously or subconsciously. During his presentation, Hari used an example called Rat Park. In it, rats were given plenty of drug water and they loved it when there were no other options. They literally drank themselves to death. But when their cages were filled with all the little rat games such as tunnels and wheels, and when they had other rats in with them, they never preferred the drug water. Hari argued that humans are like that. We don't seek out addiction to ruin our lives. We simply seek to bond with others. And when life is too difficult to bear and we do not have proper bonds and connections established, so many of us turn to drugs and consequently find connections with other users and with the drug itself. I believe that you and I are more like this than we want to admit. These 17 games that have nothing to do with us have created a connecting point for friends, for podcast creators, and listeners. Football allows us to escape our lives, or at least it provides a brief distraction. It gives us something to celebrate and something to look forward to. We buy jerseys, game tickets, and spend hundreds more to draw closer and to heighten the game experience. The Colts specifically, and I can only speak for myself here, presents something to which I like to aspire. The organization has an excellent reputation across the league. Players who have played elsewhere give witness. TJ Carey is one of many who, just this past week, spoke about the high-class franchise. Others have spoken the same language as Carey. I not only enjoy the Colts product as a football team, but I find myself aligning with the type of people within the organization, such as Frank Reich's pastoral background and deep moral principles, Chris Ballard's transparent and conservative approaches to the roster, as well as Jim Mersey's passion for the team and desire to provide an excellent product. Ursay has had his own struggles, which are well documented, but the fact that he has fought through them and come out on the other side speaks to his resiliency and to his humanity. You won't find another owner in the league who loves his team more or will do more for his players and coaches than Ursay. Players such as T.Y. Hilton, Darius Leonard, and Marlon Mack are ones who I would want my sons to meet and shake their hands. Countless others on the roster are comparable and respectable just as well.
In the cults, you and I have found a connection, a bond that gives us joy, keeps our lives light, and even makes us proud. It won't be the content or the NFL rumors that flood these podcast episodes. It will be our unique connection to celebrate this team that we both love. Eventually, the snow melted, the electricity came back on, and we made our way back to Huntington, West Virginia. We warmed our house again and cautiously pumped heated water out from the tank and through those iceberg pipes. My English classes and life overall resumed, but we all returned with new resolve and thankfulness. It was an exclamation point to an absurdly hard year, but my students, my sons, my wife, myself are all standing. All of you are standing. While the drug water drips unattended, we take a step closer to one another, inching closer to that pre-pandemic life that we all once knew. And although we know that life is gone forever, we proceed with the belief that something even better exists. The Colts community is a sweet remnant that has been a strength to me as well as an escape, and I am thankful to be a small part of it. This was a presentation of the Blue Notes podcast. I'm Benjamin Taylor. Thank you for listening.